No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we conclude the book of Amos. The prophet has a vision of a basket of summer fruit, and then he sees the Lord standing by the altar. Israel will be destroyed for her sins, but she will be restored in the future. We hope you join us as we continue in Amos chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. Amos was a farmer from Judah who was given a tough assignment. God called him to be a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel at a time when God was bringing judgment. We continue and conclude the book of Amos in Amos chapter 8. Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? So I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people, Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be wailing in that day, says the Lord God. Many dead bodies everywhere. They shall be thrown out in silence. This was now the fourth vision Amos had. And now he had the vision of a basket of late summer fruit. This was fruit that was overripe, really, had to be eaten right away. And and so in the same way, the nation was overripe for judgment. God was now going to do something about it. And their worship, which had been the worship in the high places with their their altars against what God had said in his word, uh, worshiping the Baals, the Ashtoreths, the, the golden calves. God was going to turn this false worship into wailing. He said, hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail, saying, when will the new moon be passed that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may trade wheat making the ephah small and the shekel large, falsifying the scales by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, even sell the bad wheat. And so God brought against them these charges. They were swallowing up the poor and needy. Of course, God always looks after them, but they weren't looking after them except to profit from them. They were greedy to trade. They couldn't even hardly handle the Sabbaths and new moons because they couldn't trade during those days. And and when they would trade, they would use dishonest weights and measures uh, to tip the scales in their favor. They would buy the poor, sell them into slavery for silver and even for sandals. So just looking for any reason to, to buy them as slaves. And, and then they would sell the bad wheat. So they would take the sweepings from the threshing floor and sell it with the good wheat. All of these things motivated by greed. Of course, the love of money is the root of every form of evil. And that's what was going on. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall the land not tremble for this and every one mourn who dwells in it? All of it shall swell like the river heave and subside like the river of Egypt. So God swore by the pride of Jacob. Now, he was the pride of Jacob. He was swearing by himself here. And he said, I will never forget your works. I've seen everything you've done. He said, the land will tremble and the people will then mourn. 
and the land will rise and fall like the Nile. So it's very possible he was speaking here of an earthquake. We know in chapter 1, Amos said that he began writing this two years before the great earthquake. And so even as the Nile River would rise up 25 feet during the flood stage, God said the land is going to rise and fall like the river of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day, says the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in broad daylight. I will turn your feasts into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on every waist, and baldness on every head. I will make it like mourning for an only sun, and its end like a bitter day. So Amos had spoken about the day of the Lord that was coming, and God said it would be a day of darkness, a time when he would darken the earth. It's possible that he would bring an eclipse, darkening the earth at noon. It's also possible that this was figurative, that he would be bringing darkness into the land spiritually, but he would turn their religious feasts into times of mourning when this destruction by the Assyrians would come. And they would turn their songs into funeral dirges. They would wear sackcloth, uh, which was made from goat's hair on their waist. They would shave their heads, all of these signs of mourning. And they would mourn as over the loss of an only son when their name would be put out in Israel, uh, that kind of mourning as a result of what was going to happen. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, But if hearing the words of the Lord, they shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. And so God had given them his word through the covenant with Moses and then by sending the prophets, but they had paid no attention. And so now there would be a famine, not for water, but for the word of God. There would be no place they could go to hear the word of God. Warren Wiersbe writes that that would mean no light in the darkness, no nourishment for the soul, no direction for making decisions, no protection from the lies of the enemy. We should never, ever take for granted the word of God because it does bring light and encouragement to us. And yet they would wander from the Mediterranean Sea to the Dead Sea and not find it, and even from the north to the east. In that day, the fair virgins and strong young men shall faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, as your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beersheba lives, they shall fall and never rise again. So they would be fainting from thirst for the word, the young men, the young women, and those who would swear by the sin of Samaria. Now, what is the sin of Samaria? Well, it was probably cumulative of all their false places of worship, whether the golden calves in in Dan or Bethel, or even they would go down to Beersheba to high places there and worship in, in a wrongful way. And so God said, those who swear by the sin of Samaria, they shall fall and never rise. Chapter nine, I saw the Lord standing by the altar and he said, strike the doorposts that the thresholds may shake and break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Now, this was the fifth vision Amos had. He sees the Lord standing by the altar. It was probably the altar at the sanctuary at Bethel, where the golden calf was. 
and God would destroy the altar and sanctuary. We know that this did occur during the reign of King Josiah of Judah. Josiah, we know, executed the priests of the high places and burned their bones on the altars at Bethel and in the cities of Samaria. Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword and it shall slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. The idea here is that there was just no place to escape. Resistance would be futile. Wherever they would try to hide, God would find them. And and when the day of the Lord comes, that's the way it is. There's just no place to hide. The Lord God of hosts, he who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it shall swell like the river and subside like the river of Egypt. He who builds his layers in the sky and has founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out on the face of the earth, the Lord is his name. And so Amos says, this is the Yahweh of hosts. He's the creator of everything. All he has to do is touch the earth and it melts. He causes the Nile to swell and then subside. And he, he builds his layers in the sky, the atmosphere, outer space, uh, the firmament where you know the clouds would be and so forth. All of this he has founded. He's founded his strata in the earth. And he calls for the waters of the sea to become clouds and, and bring rain upon the earth. All of these things he does. So it's not a problem for him to declare judgment and bring it about. Are you not like the people of Ethiopia? To me, O children of Israel, says the Lord, did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftor, and the Syrians from Kerr? Israel had fallen into this deception that they were somehow different than the other nations. Well, they had been a chosen nation, but they were chosen to be a holy nation, and they were not holy. They were doing even worse than the nations that God had driven out. And so, you know, God was saying, you know, didn't I bring Israel from Egypt and haven't I worked among the Philistines? I brought them from Kaftor, which was Crete, and the Syrians from Kerr, which was in Mesopotamia. In other words, God is sovereign over all the nations. They thought that they would be the exception, but they would not be the exception. Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom and I will destroy it from the face of the earth yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob says the Lord for surely I will command and will sift the house of Israel among all nations as grain is sifted in a sieve yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground all the sinners of my people shall die by the sword who say the calamity shall not overtake nor confront us and so God calls them the sinful kingdom. They had been his chosen people, but now they were the sinful kingdom and God would destroy them, but not utterly. He would not completely destroy them. He would sift Israel among the nations. He would scatter them out and as a fine meshed sieve would let the chaff and the dust go through, but catch the good grain. So God would screen out and save any righteous among his people. He always is able to save a remnant of faithful ones, and he would do the same even as he was scattering them. But the sinners would die by the sword. On that day, 
I will raise up the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes. Him who sows seed, the mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. And so, Even in this time of judgment, Amos looks forward to the millennial kingdom when God will restore his people. He will raise up the tabernacle of David. Of course, they have not had a son of David sitting on the throne in Jerusalem uh, since the Babylonian captivity. But God, of course, will raise up his son, Jesus Christ, to come again. And then they will possess the remnant of Edom. And there will be a time of unprecedented fruitfulness. They will still be harvesting when it's time to plow and treading out the grapes when it's time to sow. The mountains will drip with new wine and he will bring back the captives of his people of all of the tribes of Israel and plant them in the land forever. And so it ends on a high note, even though there's a lot of judgment here. God has plans for Israel in the future when he establishes his king on the throne of David in Jerusalem. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We're happy to announce that we're building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give toward this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash buildingproject. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will study the book of Obadiah, where the prophet says that God will judge Edom for his pride and for his mistreating of his brother Israel. Edom will be destroyed, but Israel will possess the surrounding nations. We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's word on Simply the Bible.